Welcome to the Punters Preamble. I'm Simon Zanopoulos. I'll be joined by Adam Blanco. Always hard uh, to back up off what was such a thrilling meeting at Caulfield on Wednesday with the Coongee. Few good races on this weekend, fortunately, both here and internationally. And I tell you what, he's pretty stiff nature strip not to be the highest rated horse racing in the world this weekend. Yep, and not for the first time he's uh, he's pulled this stunt. Turned up on the same day as Baid. Last time they were 40 minutes apart. They had a speed figure off on the opening day of uh, Royal Ascot, which Baid won on the clock, though not in the eyes of some who found his world-class performance tradesman-like. He ran one of the more blistering 400-metre splits around Ascot you'll ever see, but things will be very different for both of them on the weekend with this time of year, Champions Day in England, where Baid will strut his stuff for the final time, I think. Will be very different ground to midsummer, but he's coped with ordinary ground before. Adar is some sort of rival. He's back off a long break and in the 120s despite beating just two at Doncaster and can get up towards 130, which would make him stretch his neck a little bit. But he's world class and should deal with those. But we haven't got final fields for that. But it, it'll be an awesome meeting, for sure and certain. Champions Day. Champions Day. Yep. the The mile will be much more interesting than Baid's procession. At least the betting. It, if you can get Baid beaten, maybe it becomes a bit more interesting. But similar case to the Everest, and I think you're about to make the case for the Everest being like this. It's a case of the others need Baid to fail. Yep. And that's the case. Yeah, but we're black odds. Nature strip. You will not get black odds by eight, I'll tell you that much. Exactly. And I think anyone who wants to argue Nature Strip isn't the best we've seen as a sprinter since Black Caviar, that case is getting smaller and smaller, especially if he is successful on the weekend. I had a quick look at this. So since 2000, horses rated greater to or equal to 130 and how many times they have done so. Black Caviar is top of the list 11 times. So You Think did it 10 times. Deep Impact 8, Frankel 8. Winks did it 6 times. If Nature's Trip is successful in the Everest, I think he will run that figure. It'll be the fifth time he's done it in his career. Serious, serious horses that he now finds himself alongside. Yeah, that's a that's a hot list that he's pushing his way onto there. That's been his um, you know, longevity has certainly been his thing and it's nice that the Australian thoroughbred is up there and it says something for the way we race our horses, which is on and on. It's interesting because Batash, a lot of people have pitched him up as a rival to Nature Strip throughout their careers. And if he is to do that on the weekend, Batash has ran greater to equal 135 times and Nature Strip will go level pegging. Mm. I would have loved to have seen them race. To see them try and bring each other undone would have been some sort of spectacle. Alas, we didn't get anything of Batash's ilk in the King's Dam when Nature went over there, but... He did a Batash-like job on them, and um, yeah, that's actually a really good like-for-like comparison. Three-time winner of the TJ, aiming to go back-to-back in the Everest on the weekend. If he runs his peak, they can't beat him. And even mid-range. Well, someone's going to have to pull something out of the bag to beat him. Do you see anyone in there that can no. pull something out of the bag? There's one man who's good at pulling something out of the bag. Joey Bryant. A few tricks up his sleeve. The human carabiner. <laughs> <laughs> This is a job for Glenn. Ingratiating. He looks the go horse to me. I was saying that to you before. He's got all the markers. He's the one they'll chase. Could start second pick ingratiating. <laughs> I've marked Nature Strip odds on, though it wasn't easy to do. Uh, you mark him odds on, you've got to mark a lot of good horses, big prices, but 
I think a dollar ninety is fair. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's one of those you first look at the field and you go, "Yeah, I'm going to mark him deep odds on." And then once you, it's all it's all well and good to say that when you're just assessing, when you're just looking at him, but it becomes harder when you have to start putting big numbers next to good horses. Yeah, when you actually put real prices too. Uh, so a dollar ninety nature strip. I make private eye second pick at ten dollars. Lost and running in Marzu twelve. Mars Crusader thirteen. Eduardo fifteen. And Jackano twenty five. But I'm not really comfortable with that. But yeah, that's what you have to do. Feels better. What do you expect the market to do with Nature Strip on the weekend? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I haven't given it a lot of thought, and I don't know. It's. I haven't given the race a lot of thought, to be honest. Which is handy when you're about to come on and do a podcast about it. <laughs> um, but he's so obviously the favourite. Yep. Um, that it became, you know, that's sort of step one when, you, when you're thinking about these things, isn't it? Who's favourite? Well, step one ticked itself off so clinically and easily that I sort of, yeah, I'll get to step two later, which is sort of shimmying them around. Step one is quickly described by the bubbles, mm. which makes him basically win four out of five. So it had no trouble marking him deep odds on. Very easy. It's probably actually the bu- – so the bubbles are – we should probably mention why. Like the bubbles are – Before you go into the bubbles, for anyone that hasn't seen them on the site or seen us tweeted out, that's our the RNS Group 1 predictor. And we've been working on data visualisation, giving ratings in another way to sort of illustrate what they mean. We know what 125 means, but for those that haven't listened to the podcast before, that number means nothing. So – by displaying these ratings on a ratings axis with bubbles, we're hoping it makes it easier uh, to see the rating edge that Nature Strip has. Yeah, it should give people a nice intuitive view of the, the ratings, I think. The bigger bubbles representing recency and, and obviously their place alongside the average is an average line in there. It can show you where they're at and you can see who's on the far right-hand side. Big and Big and right is good. Um, but yeah, it should be a nice intuitive view of, of ratings. But it, the simulator itself then goes and takes those bubbles and uses the Monte Carlo method, basically picks at random from those those ratings 10,000 times, 1,000 times on the website? 1,000. 1,000 times on the website, which has its flaws and it's got the same flaws that ratings in general have and that's why it, it makes Nature Strip you know, win four out of five. That's optimistic, I would have thought. Most people would find that a bit, whoa, and there are 0% horses in there. There are horses who don't have a pathway to win and that's probably wrong. But it is a na- it's a naive view but it might be an interesting view and it might be an informative view. But it, the problem that ratings has that rating, the problem ratings have and the problem the simulator has is that it is beholden to the past. Yep. We can only rate what's happened and the future is not beholden to the past. New things can and do happen. Yep. So instead of trying to come up with complex ways to solve that we just take the completely naive view draw them at uniform from the the past five ratings which again is just a cherry pick why five ratings not six or four just because yep so again there's a you know this is imperfect but it um if you're aware of the the flaws it can still give you an angle and a view an imperfect one but they all are hope that helps the reason i have marked the mods on is I'd be surprised if most don't think he wins more than five in ten. Yeah, I think that's when you put it in those terms. It is always interesting when you put these things in different terms. Yep. And you go, would you back him to win it more than five out of ten? Or most people? Oh, I don't can't speak for most people, but yeah, okay, that sounds reasonable. Yeah. 
when you say he's odds on, it's like, ooh. Settle down, I, I must admit, I'm the same. Like, odds, odds on nature strip there. I mean, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. I don't necessarily, as I said, I've, I've had a very standoffish view of the race. But I guess if you wanted to, to get very specific and you wanted to, to crunch down, you, yeah, sure. He probably he probably does. The only problem is they're only going to run the way the race once, yeah. not ten thousand times. Yeah. You only get one look at it, and if it does happen to be one of the ones where one of his, you know, he goes so fast, bits start falling off him, and he he fails. His old mate Fast Eddie roughs him up or something. You don't get paid, and you don't get another nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine goes at it. No, which is a shame. It is because <laughs> long term we'd win. Mm. So I suppose that brings us back to the race itself and. Can, will, does Fast Eddie rough him up or can someone else get inv- stick their little beak in there and make this interesting? Because the way to beat him is to, well, for starters, jockeys have got to start getting stuck right into James McDonald. This being nice to James stuff that we see, this has got to stop. Mm. They've got to, you know, I want to see Pete, you know, out in the car park, put his car up on bricks, pizzas to his house at 3am, early alarms, this sort of stuff. We've got to start upsetting James. It's all going too smoothly. And when he jumps from out wide and he starts cruising across and taking his time, put the old left blinker on, go there, keep him out there, go fast, get in his grill. They won't, will they? No. They'll let him pace his horse out and they'll let him get the most out. If they let him get the most out of Nature Strip, the problem that they all face is that it doesn't matter what they do. Because I don't think you could forecast any of those horses getting to his level. No. The ones that are closest are tapped out and the ones with the most upside are a long way back problems last year we saw mass crusader get very close but that was a pace melt in front mm-hmm. it's the way to do him it is the way to beat nature trip home affairs kicked up there was four on speed and he had to do that little bit more through the middle stages that's and what we need a boss man kamikaze well the thing is the absolute flies in this race are all on paces so shades of rose joyful fortune and overpass they're not as fast as Eduardo and Nature Strip, but they probably can do it if they're going to kamikaze. Yeah, do it. Do they want a kamikaze <laughs> or they're going to try and ride them a bit cute just to get a bit of prize money? Because everyone else at the top of the market is hoping that a few of these flyers give the others a chance by not allowing Nature Strip to run his race. But I just get the feeling Barrier 12, J-Max, just, he would love that draw. because He, he can not have to get involved in it. No, he can just work his way over. If they want to go ballistic in front, he'll just take a trail. Such a shame that he's so good. <laughs> Not if you're taking the black odds. No, that's true. That is the one thing too about Nature Strip. He has paid his oh. supporters all the way through. It's been fantastic. I was having a look through his grand finals. He hasn't started odds on in a grand final since, mm. except for the Dali down the straight. Yeah, but even then, I reckon when he was odds on, it was it was pretty comfortable. If you were if you were ever inclined to take odds on, it was you felt pretty good about it there from memory. Didn't you have to beat Swats that? Yeah. Mm. So if you look at the TJs in the Everest, so he's won the last three TJs. He hasn't been odds on in any of them. Mm. And he won the Everest last year at $4. And then he went to Royal Ascot. They bet five to two. God bless them. Some yank thing that was meant to be good. Lol. Buried him. He won the other day, Golden Power. His favourite for the Breeders' Cup sprint. He's Who back. cares? And you get another chance on the weekend. Remember when we, you know, first starting at racing in sports, and Gary said, you don't often get many chances to back horses rated as high as Nature Strip in the black against horses that aren't rated alongside Nature Strip. Yeah. This is an opportunity. Whether you like playing that end of the market, there's a lot of people that don't. But That's the old bill as well. The old bill was always, you know, you don't get rich land champions. Yeah. There's something in it. And he is. You've made the case. And I don't think anyone would really argue he's a, 
a champion sprinter and certainly the, the best sprinter since by caviar. So he's something to behold, Big Red. Last yep. time I was, I won't be there on Saturday. You will be, and I hope that you follow suit if and when he does win. So I was there for the TJ, and I went down and clapped him in like an absolute nuff. Yeah, have you, to. You should do the same. Yeah. <laughs> no, there'll be a big crowd at Ramwick. The biggest ever. <laughs> that, that is, you know what? We've got to be careful what we say. Do we? Probably not. <laughs> but I love horse racing. I love horse racing and I love our champions. I love Nature Strip. He's such a good horse. He's paid all the way through. And the build-up to the Everest almost makes me hate it. It is served. <laughs> it does seem – it's such a great – you're right. It's pure great horse racing. The best sprinters in Australia racing each other. It's great. It sells itself. But unfortunately, it seems to be force-fed to people with a vomit-inducing oh, narrative of I'm over revolution. It. Yeah. This is not a revolution. This is a really good horse race. Yeah. Actually compared the TJ to the Everest the last five years, the TJ has actually been better on average. It's been the same horses, yeah. So both wonderful, wonderful horse races. And so is the Caulfield Cup. It is. And it fills the bracket of our Bizarro this week. This is particularly bizarre, isn't it? If, if, if we go back two weeks... It gets real bizarre. Oh, does it ever. Smoke and Roman's Caulfield Cup favourite. That's bizarre, isn't it? Well, you made that very interesting point on our most listened to preview of all time, the Coonji cul-de-sac. Thousands tuning in to listen to the Coonji preview. <laughs> and look, the Caulfield Cup quite, can't quite live up to that, of course. But Smoke and Roman's, i got to say, he probably looked a little bit more Coonji than Caulfield Cup a month ago. Yep. Won a time-honoured Coonji lead-up in the naturalism. Won it well, but false pace. Turned around, won the Turnbull. False pace, false pace, false result. Mm. And surely, I mean, it feels optimistic even just saying this, but surely we're getting a strong pace this time. Or at least, not strong, but honest. Can Have it, to. Can it be honest? And I will say as well, one of the great things about rain being around is that it tends to draw out yeah. Honest paces. Heavy track is legitimate racing. Yeah. What yeah. was the – you mentioned it on the Coonji preview. Who's the like for like? Svenifider is Smoke and Romans, who won a falsely run Turnbull and then he was an Ipswich Cup winner. Smoke and Romans, the Pakenham Cup winner. Svenifider turned up and ran 117 to steal the Turnbull from better horses and then two weeks later was sent around favourite and dusted in the Caulfield Cup. I think the same will happen to Smoke and Romans – he does – I mean, he's got the best jock. He's got a great draw. He's all there to pinch it again. He'll get all the favours again. But surely things aren't as kind and considerate to him this time. Yeah, they might be nice to James on Nature Strip. But the difference with Nature Strip, he has the horse. Whereas they're better horses than Smoking Romans, aren't they? I think so. There's so many interesting interesting angles and options in this race. And you you won't struggle to ride up or, or make a case for – I, a dozen of them, I reckon. You could make it sound very plausible. You could, you could, if you want to tip one, and this is a good race, it's a great race for the tipsters to take a flyer at and sound clever. Yep. Well, he's an easy favourite to oppose. You've made that case. <laughs> yep. So we, we don't have to tip the favourite, so we don't look, you know, we get to flex that we know more about the race than just picking the favourite. Yep. Important for the expert. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there's a heap of double-figure options that have, you know, easy-to-reach-for stats Yep. to make the case for. I think my attempt at that will be Gold Trip, who's been dusted up twice now. By the Smoke White Horse. Is he the White Horse? Oh, well, he was the, the, it was the White Horse. Oh, he's against the anti-White Horse now. Anti-White Horse. Oh, that sounds about right. 
Well, that would bring me back to my point that I probably bang on a, about a bit where that's the weight horse thing is always people narrowing in on a specific case and I'm more interested in the general. So he meets Smoke and Romans worse at the weights for having lost. Yep. But that assumes that all the form we're doing for this race and all the predicting and forecasting we're doing for this race revolves entirely around the Turnbull. But Gold Trip's case is made outside of the, the bounds of the Turnbull. And I'm saying the Turnbull wasn't a race I want to put a lot of weight into anyway. There's a lot of horses flashing home, including a Taylor Pendrith winner in Great House who now draws a gate and will be closer. Surely. Is he good enough? I would suspect not. It's interesting. He ran really well in this race last year. He'll run really well again because he is flying Great House. From last year's race, you've got 2nd, 4th, 5th and 16th. Duace was 16th last year, turns around and runs again. Montefilia, nonconformist, who was 2nd in Great House. It was 5th last year. <laughs> they took up 23.4% of the SP last year at Jump. Yep. It's the official SP. And I just pulled up a market. And guess how much of this year's early market that quartet holds? It can't be the same, surely. To the decimal. 23.4%. Which is interesting because... That's, that's so bizarre. It's bizarre, isn't it? Which it, it kind of is one little tidbit in a case you could make that this Caulfield Cup is very, very similar to last year's Caulfield Cup with one difference. In fact, the median time form rating of the race is the same as last year. The big oh, did you use my new tool? Yeah, I did. Yeah. The big difference is that we switch out incentivise for Gold Trip. Oh, that's a bad... <laughs> it's a downgrade, isn't <laughs> it? It's a decent difference. <laughs> it's a downgrade. Yeah. But at the <laughs> incentivise hadn't won it. was getting dusted in a Toowoomba Maiden when Gold Trip was fourth in an arc with a Nabel and Stradivarius behind him. <laughs> What's happened to him? <laughs> Which one? Imagine standing at the racetrack that day and saying, yeah. mate, i got this Toowoomba Maiden winner. I was standing there at Paris Longchamp. The arc field goes past the post and I say, you know that gold trip? Smoking Romans will smash his head in. <laughs> <laughs> so here's an interesting... Bizarro. One of the horses you mentioned there, Juais. Mm-hmm. You know, she becomes very interesting, doesn't she? If I said to you at the back end of last prep, after she wins a Tancred, I turn to you and say, she's going to have 55 and a half in the Caulfield Cup later in the year and you're going to get $13. How big a bet are you having? And the favourite is Smoke and Romans. Oh, you can't get enough on. You'd be having a very big bet. Now, that is where she becomes very interesting to me because you made the case last start where she was, I think without doubt, she was disappointing. Yeah. Underwhelming is the word I would probably lean on for that. I don't think she was bad enough to be to go lower than underwhelming. I'm going with underwhelming. That's the word. My ratings here, twat ratings. Twat ratings, yep. Time form with a twist for those playing at home. She's run 111, now in, in less convincing style, but she's run 111, which is the very same rating that she ran before she came to Melbourne and peaked to win the Australian Cup. She did the third up, and at that time it was everyone was hanging on the third up stat. But you made a good point last start that it's not so much third up as it is targets. Yep. The stable have been very good at targeting. And the name Cummings is very good at targeting. He is. So she's run 111 the other day in a race that I don't want to put too much weight into because of the way it was run. It was a joke. A farce. Yeah. They should have... If your name wasn't Ethan Brown, hauled in. <laughs> Do you know when the AFL wants to stamp out bad behaviour, they go way over the top. They just start... This is... They need... You know what they should do is they should just give half a dozen jockeys 10 weeks. The problem if they were, <laughs> if they were following that... In Melbourne, we'd have no jockeys left. Yeah, well, it'd be for the best and I'd be backing Brian Park on Juice and it'd be great. Shout out if, you, if you're listening, Brian. Good man. Naturally, I've lost my train of thought. Ah, oh, Juice comes off the same rating and targeted and if you're willing to back it in, 
And I don't think that's a bad bet to have. And as I said, we, we don't need to make a particularly strong case anymore because she's gone from in the market to 14s. Mm. Who knows what they'll bet tomorrow. I think she's out of favour, right? If I told you she'd be priced alongside Numerian. Mm, well, Numerian went some way to convincing me that he's better than he is last start, but I'm, I remain. Admittedly, I, I must come around and say he's better than I thought he was, but I remain iffy. Yep. Yeah, I want to back Dewey's to beat Numerian. I don't think surprisingly fast as the the hill stakes was i don't think i want to throw it all out and so i don't want to i just don't want to have too much of an opinion of the turnbull because it was a joke so do you look for different form i know we harp on about how barriers don't matter but they do matter if it dictates where a horse settles is that the biggest hindrance for benno oh in that what are they going to do with benno i don't know mm, or they're going back i assume are they i think they'll just they'll just park up midfield hang on and hope it's a heavy track i, I wouldn't worry too much about that no. I, to answer your question, no, I'm not too worried about that. I'm more worried about whether he's good enough. Is he? On the fringes. On the fringes. If we are saying that this is incentivised free, this becomes a very old school Caulfield Cup. He's got a pretty old school Caulfield Cup profile. Derby placed. He and Allegron, very similar. One, two in the Kingston Town last start. Handicappers who have you know, Derby placed. Allegron twice, Derby placed. And you got to remember. They are your Caulfield Cup horses. So, yeah, okay, I can see. I wouldn't talk anyone out of it. I think they're inferior horses to the two at the top. Yep. But so who, who are your two at the top? Gold Trip and – I'm in the top of the weights. Ah, okay. <coughs> and the top of the class. And I must say, before having dug really deep on, on any of this, they're probably the two that I'm most interested in. I mean, it's a lovely situation to be in, I think, as a punter when you find Gold Trip and Duace, who you know on their day are the best horses in the race, but there's a few little convictions there and people are happy to put the pen through them, but that's – they're the situations you want to find. Best of all is when you've been wishy-washy all prep on them and you haven't done any damage yet. Yeah, exactly. So you've yeah. watched them You've watched them tarnish their reputations at none of your cost. Yeah. And now you get to take the tarnished price. Mm. You beauty. Yeah. Speaking of tarnished reputations, the Dunno comes up in the last, which is oh. dripping with Dunno's. Listen to some of these names before we get to the, the kingpin of the Dunno's here. Lightsaber, former around Animo and Hitotsu, Awful, this prep. Awful. Sinawan won the Heffern and like he was going to be a star. I was, I was in on you that. You were sold. I was you were sold. sold. I was like, here we go. This is a good horse. Has not gone to plan. He's not showing any early speed and I'm still not convinced that he's, um, he's been perfectly managed. <laughs> Streets of Avalon. Caulfield yep. 1400 metre superstar but eight years old now and got to be getting long in the tooth. But there's still a couple of ratings in there. These are the horses that are at the top of my first cut. Aegon, he's not actually at the top of my He looked card, like a soup. When he won that Hobartville, it was like, well, this is – how good's this horse? There was a day. Yeah. There was a day and it's – Poland? It's I reckon ago. Poland, Poland was similar. Shakiro was a Magic Millions horse and – What is Shakiro? Won a slipper trial. At that point in time, he was a good horse. And Waller, he continues to be campaigned as though a good horse, but his form has gone AWOL. Yep. Yeah, no, we, that's a lot of horses, but none of them match catalysts for where is he at and – I don't know what to make of him now because the thing Catalyst did was warm up yeah. late in the piece. He didn't do anything first up. That's fine. It was a He was never going to do anything drawn out around a wet valley and they went way too fast and collapsed in a heap. It was an absolute disaster race for him first up for trying to win that race. Yeah. So he just spun around. That's fine. Had a look. And then dropped out the back last start. So again, 40 to 1 at Sandown. Behind I Wish I Win. Good horse. Good race. Yep. Dropped out the back. So he's still there to... You know, remove a little bit of rust and never, ever a winning threat. But then just late on. Something. 
The juices got flowing. Hang on a second. This is a race and I'm a racehorse and he is a racehorse, a good one, Catalyst. And that was the first signs of life from him. Well, I mean, it's the first time he's done anything for a thousand days. He's only had three runs in that in that time, but it's the first time we've seen him do anything since he was five to two and having his clashes with alligator blood. That's good form. It has to be. For a race against tired whackers in the Moonga. And then you've got Old Flame who looked like getting the dream run and then shuffled back on the turn and was just awful last weekend on the quick backup. What do you do with him? He's Throw him in the Dunno camp. Dunno, Dunno. Why not? He lost his spot last week. What? what ha- I don't even know what happened there. I'm not a replays guy, so I don't. I haven't really watched it other than at the time where he was one out, one back, and the danger was last, and then he was last, and the danger was whipping around, poised. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hang on a second. I just blinked. What happened? <laughs> Everyone and the jockeys on speed. I was saying this. To, uh, the jockeys on speed were Shin Lane and Car. Like they just. Oh well, you give them you give them control of things from the front and forget about it. You're all done, right? No, they all. Well, what happened there? What a weird race. Mm. One thing I do know about the last is Lady of Honour, you'd have to lay it off the gap. It was on the Travelator at the Valley and couldn't get up and Daisy's has gone terrible and all that form is trash. So it's one in the market that I think I do is know. She in the, I haven't actually looked at the market. See second pick. Wow. I mean, this is the interesting thing about the race is signs of luck. So hang on, have you got a market there for me? Yeah. Yeah, so he's seven. Okay, 750, maybe bigger. He is way, way better than those. If right, I think he's worth. I mean, I've I've said that he's the Dunno. Maybe I maybe I know if they're going to bet bigger than seven fifty, I think it's a chance well worth taking. Catalyst. I've just talked him out of this category. You got a you got a better Dunno, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I. My attention was um, grabbed. Yep. Late in the piece, good horse, and it would be it would be great to see him back because it's such a shame he and on this day of all days. Because it was taking a perfectly good Epsom horse and trying to stuff him up the mountain oh. that broke him in the first place. Another one of the mountain's victims. It's K2. It's not the Everest. It's the killer mountain. <laughs> that is a good thing in regards to the Everest this year. They are actually taking horses that are sprinters, which is yeah, good to see. That is true. No Arcadia Queen's being busted in there. Yeah. Not, ruin, not ruining the Epsom and Catalyst. Yeah. No, but he's back. They've got the Silver Eagle for that. Three years on. Is it three years? Three years on and he's back. Two years it probably is. Anyway, he was the Dunno who's just become a tip. Yep. <laughs> I think the thing is you still don't know exactly, but you do know that 750 is probably... Oh, it's a chance worth taking, I would yeah. say, against a field of horses who are just as wide-ranging in... Yeah. I mean, Bandersnatch, the good, good run at Sandown, but I, I mean, I yuck. Looking at that field, <laughs> Bandersnatch is the only one there that has a tight range, a relatively tight range of expected ratings on Saturday. You sort of know, Bandersnatch will turn up, he'll run well. Mm. I don't think he'll run to the... He couldn't match the level of several of them, but the ones that are better than him are all... They have a huge range. They could run tailed out, they could win well, and Catalyst fits that mould. But I'm, yeah, I'm talking myself right around. Good podcast, this. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, became a listener. <laughs> speaking of talking yourself right around, the best bet in Melbourne this weekend? Best for me, haven't written it yet. That's this afternoon. Hot off the press. This will be the prequel. But I think the leading candidate at this stage is Generation in the Caulfield Sprint. Yep. Who comes off the Moya last time. And I don't think he'd have to go a lot better. He's been a really frustrating, frustrating the right word, disappointing is probably closer to the right word, horse. But it, it almost, actually, no, that can't be the right word either because what he has been is, apart from one absolute heavy bombo in a Doombin 10,000, He's been pretty reliable. 
I think he's been backed as if he's 120 horse incoming and he hasn't got there yet. That is exactly what he is. He's a really good 110 horse that I thought was 115 horse and the betting at times seems to have thought is a 120 horse. That's probably a fair, that's a good way of describing it. But he doesn't have to be a 120 or even a 115 horse to be winning this. I wouldn't have thought. The pace looks strong. He should cruise across. He likes wet. He won Wet Track Valley last year really well. And that was probably the day J-Mac rode him on Cox Plate Day and I thought, oh, you're a 115 horse. Still waiting. As are connections. <laughs> yeah. But this the Caulfield Sprint is a race that um, has thinned over the years, mostly, I think, at the hands of the uh, Blue Sapphire. They bulked up the Blue Sapphire and made it the three-year-old race and dragged the three-year-olds out of this, essentially. Because uh, it was never... It might every now and then be home to one of the big guys who are now in the Everest instead of here. So maybe it suffered somewhat at the hands of the Everest, but I think it suffered enough at the hands of the Blue Sapphire. It doesn't take... You know, it's Group 2 in name only. It's just a good 1,000-metre handicap sprint. There are no Group 2 horses here. There are certainly no Group 1 horses here. But Generation is a very rock-solid Group 3 horse, I think is is fair. Yep. And he seems good prices to me. I mean, I, I will say that um, I mean Dragonstone's got some appealing form lines and bits and pieces where I think he's quite good, but I don't think he's as good as Generation. Well, I'm almost certainly not as good as a Generation. Asfura looks really looked terrific. Well, she's looked terrific. I was going to say first up. She's looked terrific more often than that. And obviously a, a tragedy last time. And this would be a little target for them because they won the race with Snitty Kitty. Very similar. I think Snitty Kitty was a bit better. Although we haven't had enough looks at Asfura just yet. So I'm not sure. But I I think Generation sets a high enough bar. And the price looks appealing enough. Your best in Sydney? Nature Strip. Playing to the fans. Playing to the fans in the feature race. Mark him odds on. 2.40 is around as of Thursday afternoon. I'm very intrigued to see what happens come race day. But as mentioned, I think black odds is good odds. You don't get this opportunity very often. We read the list of those horses that have done what Nature Trip is trying to do in terms of being rated greater to or equal to 130. And you go through their records and you don't get black odds about them very often, if not ever, throughout their career. So that's what Nature Trip's done throughout, has paid his supporters along the way. And I think he will again on Saturday.